Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, everybody, to Big Ten Football and Beyond. I am Chris Landry, and we've got uh, the latest here for you. Around the league, got some transfer news. We've got uh, a lot of recruiting news. Look ahead to um, some guys that may be, uh, I think, breakout players for this coming season. We're going to have some draft nuggets. Um particularly undrafted free agent signing information. And then we're going to look how the Big Ten did, fared in the draft, and kind of how the conference looks as a whole and uh, in terms of personnel. I always think that draft time is always a good indicator of where you are personnel-wise, um, how well you're recruiting and how well you're developing. And if you combine the recruiting and the, and the, um, the results – you can really determine who does a good job developing. So uh, we're going to get to a lot of that today. A reminder, this podcast brought to you by 401k Generation, the experts in financial planning, money management. That's who Eddie Rojas and the team at 401k Generation, that's what they're all about. They're licensed in all 50 states. They can help you protect your investments, help provide for a better future for you and your family, uh, and certainly help better understand the pitfalls to avoid, um, how to take into account your level of risk-reward approach to it. That's what their experts are. They really are experts in 401Ks, helping you provide for your income for the rest of your life. So give them a call today or text today at 1-866-998-5879. Also a reminder, to good time to tell you that if um, you're looking to get in touch with us, there are a couple of ways maybe you might be interested. Maybe you got a question for the show that you want me to address. Go to LandryFootball.com, contact Chris, and send me a question. Got a follow-up uh, question and uh, comment by Kevin that we're going to get to uh, on our pro football show. But uh, if you've got a question for this show, the college show, or the pro football show, go ahead and send it to us at contact Chris at LandryFootball.com. It's also where you want to go 
if we can help you promote you, brand you, and your business. It's what we're all about to try to help with that and have folks join our family like the great folks at 401k Generation. So um, go ahead and contact us, at, contact Chris at LandryFootball.com as well. Uh, that's how you get in touch with us, and we will certainly get back with you and make that happen. Also, make sure you're getting this show to your phone directly each and every day by signing up for Landry Football's conference call. We are locked and noted on LandryFootball.com. If you haven't seen it, we've got our breakdown, our draft breakdown, each and every player evaluated on each and every team in the draft, including undrafted free agent, key undrafted free agent signing. So you want to check that out and the complete details over there at LandryFootball.com. You don't want to miss that. So as we get into um, talking about the Big Ten, I will uh, talk about just in general how the league made out in the draft. If you, I'm sure you know by now, the SEC topped it all with 63 picks, 26 on uh, underclassmen. The Big Ten, 48. <clears throat> it is certainly the second best in terms of personnel. Um, there's no doubt about that. If you look um, down the list, Indiana had one. Guard, Simon, Stepanak, the Packers. Iowa with five. That's should not be uh, should not go unnoticed. That is really impressive. Five guys. This is and again with Epinesa and Worfs, two highly recruited guys. But we're talking one of the ultimate developmental programs. Maryland with two. I think one of the real stories is the consistency of putting eight, ten players every year by Michigan. Not quite the impact that Ohio State. Ohio State's got ten of themselves, but you've got three first-rounders. Um, no first, you got one first-rounder, Michigan, and a second-rounder. So not as many impact guys, but Michigan has done a really good job. And if you look at their... Uh, Harbaugh gets a lot of criticism, but they have been successful, been good. they just not Ohio State-level good. And they really don't play like an Iowa can play very well and pull games out. That's really not what Michigan does for the most part. Uh, they're good. Their talent level is better than good. Uh, ten players by them. Michigan State down with just two picks. Minnesota. Hey, Wonder Seas, five players. Good season. Funny how that works, isn't it? Five players. And, and again, the highest being a second rounder with Anton Winfield. A couple of fifth rounders and two seventh rounders. Nebraska, two players, late rounders. The Davis boys. You know, not much here. Of course, Ohio State, ten, three first rounders, second rounder in Dobbins. You've got Hamilton and um, Harrison and Jackson as third-rounders. 
So a lot of lot of quality guys here. Penn State, no first rounders. A couple of second rounders, five total. Purdue with two. Wisconsin with four. Highest being Jonathan Taylor, second round. So the total is 48, second to the SEC's 63rd. And higher, the third is the Pac-12. Yeah, for I'll talk about the Pac-12, and we'll get into this on Friday, Friday show, but Pac-12-32. So clearly Big Ten finishes second in this tier of players. And we talked about it on um, – touched on a little bit on the SEC show. But the – couple of things really jump out at me. You know, because of the corridor between Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, um, South Carolina, Tennessee, that corridor, corridor of players all attached in SEC country makes it geographically an advantage with conference that's been established as the best that brings in the most money well actually the Big Ten is brought in a little bit more because the SEC is getting close to end the end of their current TV contract but the SEC draws more fans and more ratings and that, that generates more money and Obviously, they have been far and away in terms of facilities. The Big Ten's very good. Everything that the SEC does, the Big Ten does, just not quite as good. Um, and certainly the talent level. To have to go to uh, Ohio's an outstanding state for personnel. New Jersey's good. But it's you're having to go outside your region to pull in for players. And you can do that now. It's not like 50 years ago, of course. Travel's easier. Not so much right now, but, you know, in today's modern world it is. And so it's – but it's still. You go across state lines, and depending on where it is, it's it's a little bit more of a challenge. The program's – in the Big Ten are very, very sound. Some of them maybe not as good, but you have that in other leagues. There's uh, the haves and the have-nots in every league. But the SEC has more schools that can compete on a national championship level with facilities, just overall infrastructure, personnel, recruiting, and that's that's kind of why they've hung on as being the best. And likely, you know, it appears that that's going to be the case for quite some time, may not win it every year because you've got a Clemson, you've got Ohio State, but the one thing that's clearly um, indicative of success is the personnel, consistent personnel, and it it's not close. If it were, you know, two, three-player margin, but you see quite a bit of it. 48 to 63 is a decisive um, difference 
between personnel. So, I mean, I thought it'd be uh, a time to look at each of the schools within the league. Tom Allen, Indiana, they had one player drafted, but as I mentioned, um, but they're doing a good job in terms of development and having on-field success. Iowa, you know, I just one of the best developmental programs around. Uh, consistently do a good job, specifically on the lines of scrimmages, O-lines. But they've always done a good job in the secondary. you got two guys drafted, third-rounder, seventh-rounder, just really good players. Um, tight ends have had success, too, last year. Weren't going to have one this year, of course. But it, just do do what they do and do it well. Maryland. Can they get the talent level to where they'll have five or six each year? It's what they got to do. I mean, it's not just as simple as go out and recruit future pro players. You've got to develop them, but you've got to have players. And, you know, certainly McFarland's good, and Anton Brooks um, is a nice player, but there's not enough of them. They're not numbers. Michigan, well, what's the difference? You know, what's the – this is where the – the rubber meets the road. Michigan's really good. A lot of good players. They've recruited very well. And for the most part, they've done a pretty good job most years. They just have not competed well on a big-time stage against their biggest rival. It's the biggest issue that they have going and why there's probably a lot of frustration. Too good to run out of town, but not good enough to be happy with what's going on there is basically sums up what's going on in Michigan. They're not as talented as Ohio State. They don't recruit as well as Ohio State, but they recruit as well or better than anybody in the Big Ten. And from a developmental standpoint, do a pretty solid job there as well. But not elite. They don't take good talent and upcoach them to where they're on the level of Ohio State. Not even close. I mean, it's not even close. And it's maybe getting the gap getting is getting wider. So, you know, where are they? They're in a in an interesting dynamic of trying to chip away at Ohio State little by little. Michigan State, we know, took a downturn. Now, they go from being a program that was one of the best coached consistently for the most part for some time, developing players very well, developing teams very well, to a team that struggled the past couple of years in that regard, and don't have the talent. Mel Tucker's probably can change the personnel, how well they'll be coached is a big question mark. Minnesota, we know what PJ's done. And, you know, I think that we'll see more of the same. More of good players coming in. You know, we're not gonna see the <clears throat> the five star guys ever come in there. We're not going to see. I'm not saying one can't ever come, but that's not going to happen. Maybe an occasional four-star. 
It's three-star land and develop them. It's got to be, you know, Minnesota. Their motto is Wisconsin and Iowa. Should be and doing a pretty good job. Nebraska, that's another area where they are not getting it done and recruiting to the level that they need to get it done to be a national player, which they hope and aspire and expect to be on a regular basis. They haven't even been good. Um, until the recruiting changes, they're not, you know, they're not going to, when you look at what Scott Frost did at Central Florida, there were talent there. Getting talent there and having and coaching better talent than what you are going up against each week is one thing. Doing it with inferior talent each and every week and having success on the field, Scott hasn't done what a Wisconsin or an Iowa is doing. They're not even where Minnesota is. There's no doubt about it. That's got to change, and it's got to change in recruiting. Ohio State is in that conversation with Clemson and Alabama, Georgia, in terms of recruiting prowess. Penn State, more along the lines of where Michigan is, they have recruited well, not great. Not close to Ohio State. Development, it's been pretty good. You know, it's 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 varied to certain degrees of good based upon the assistant staff. But it's pretty good. I mean, it's 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 a really solid program that could maybe take that next step with being, you know, what happened in, in Penn State's great years under Coach Paterno, continuity of coaches, and they were able to get some elite players from time to time, and they were able to coach them really well. And, and for the most part, most of the successes – I mean, they had success in the Big Ten, don't get me wrong. But most of his successes and championship runs were before Big Ten. Let's call it what it is. Ohio State is Clemson. With the Big Ten being a more competitive league than the ACC. If you knock down Ohio State a couple of pegs, Penn State and Michigan looks that much better. But they're they're not to that level. And that, that needs to be the challenge is you go head-to-head in recruiting, you got to win more of those battles, Michigan, Penn State. Purdue, uh, two guys, I, you know, certainly they're not going to get a five-star like George Kalafos every year. You know, Rondell Moore. They've got some guys that are going to be pretty high picks. And they do and have done a pretty good job over the years of developing. Uh, They're not as good developing on the defensive side of the ball as they used to be. Used to be you can find your 6'4", 260-pound, 258-pound edge rusher that can rush up or down. Um 
you know, they're, they're not quite as good, but may have a little bit more skill guys going forward. And Wisconsin is much like Iowa. Times a little bit better, a little bit more. They can find a running back more consistently. Iowa develops them. Uh, Wisconsin gets, uh, you know, develops linemen, develops running backs. There's usually some defenders like a Zach Vaughn again this year. So that's kind of a look at how the um, the conference shapes up. Real quickly on the players, um, Simon um, Stepanak. Six-round pick of the Packers. I like the pick there. It's really strong, and they want to really work the, the run game and kind of change over that offense, remake that offense and more of the run game. That's a good value there. For uh, Iowa's players, love A.J. Epineza. Love him, and at 54 overall, it's a steal for the Bills. Really good move for them. Um, Ojemuda is... Uh, an interesting guy that I think <clears throat> can develop for Denver, third-round value. I'm not crazy about Nate Stanley, but on the seventh round, uh, no problem there. Camp arm, see what he can do. I love Geno Stone in the seventh round. I know he can't run, but the guy just makes plays on the ball. Good value there. And, of course, Tristan Wirfs is a plug-and-play. We'll see what he can do at right tackle. That's what they drafted him for. I know he can be a great guard, and I think he can be really good at right tackle. Um, Maryland, Anton Brooks, pretty good value for Pittsburgh in the sixth round. Got some range. Um, play inside. Anthony McFarlane, also drafted by Pittsburgh. Uh, like what he can provide in terms of a rotational back. <clears throat> for Michigan's group, Ben Bredesen is a um, – Good run blocker, physical. Michael Dana with the Chiefs. Got some um, versatility. Jordan Glasgow, good value for the Colts in the sixth round, I thought. Klee Hudson can move around a little bit at linebacker for Washington. Josh Matulis, productive player in the sixth round from Minnesota. Michael Owenu of uh, going to... The Patriots in the sixth I thought was really, really good. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is a productive receiver. We'll see if he can do anything in Cleveland. Uh, love the early playability and versatility of Cesar Ruiz for the Saints in the first round. John Runyon, Jr., you know, physical run blocker again for the Packers is what they're looking for. And I love Josh Yushi with the Packers. Um, the typical um, – Mike Vrabel-type player that can play with his hands up or down. Uh, not crazy about the Michigan State guys. Josiah Scott in the fourth round with Jacksonville. Kenny Willicks, Minnesota, no, uh, not bad value in the seventh round. I don't see him doing a whole lot. For Minnesota, Carter Coughlin. Um, the Giants. I think it's really good value. I think guys are really productive player. Limited upside, of course. Tyler Johnson, love the value in the fifth round for the Buccaneers. I think I had a third-round value grade on Tyler Johnson. I think he's really good. Kamel Martin, fifth round of the Packers. Uh, Chris Williamson, 
Seventh round of the Giants. Uh, decent value. Love Anton Winfield for uh, the Bucks. Great range. Can play inside. Can play deep. Cover a slot. Can blitz from the slot. I love the two Minnesota picks. The two Gophers for the Bucks. Um, Nebraska guys, Carlos Davis, seventh round. Khalil Davis, sixth round. Um, hopefully they can hang on, compete for a roster spot. It'll be um, both of those guys can maybe hang on as a late rotation guy. <coughs> Ohio State. Uh, Damon Arnett wasn't a first-round talent, in my view, but a good player. Jeff Okuda was outstanding, of course. Chase Young, as good as it gets. Um, Jason Cornell, the Lions' seventh round. Not crazy about his chances. Love J.K. Dobbins' value for the Ravens in the second round. Jordan Fuller, sixth round for the Rams. Devon Hamilton, I think, is very underrated. Um, Third-round pick with Jacksonville. Malik Harrison, same third-round pick with Baltimore. And same for K.J. Hill, receiver for the Chargers in the seventh round. Jonah Jackson, really like his pass-blocking ability. Third-round pick for the Lions. Penn State, Cam Brown, pretty good value there in the sixth round. Got some versatility, be good on teams. Like um, Gross Matos for the Panthers at Second round, they're work, trying to rework that defensive line. K.J. Hammer of the Broncos, second round, good value there. I like John Reed in the fourth round for the Texans. Robert Windsor in sixth round for the Colts. Um, not impact guys, but maybe situational guys that can make it. <laughs> Purdue Marcus Bailey, like the value for the Bengals in the seventh round. I think he can help that team make that uh, – help you on teams and and make that squad. Bryceine Hopkins for the Rams is um is an intriguing guy. I'm not as high on him as others are, but fourth round's not bad value. And then Wisconsin. Zach Bond, I think, can really bring some versatility at Sam and Mike and Russian for the Saints. Tyler Biotic not for the medicals, goes a little bit higher, like the value there for the Cowboys. Quentin Cephas doesn't run well, but it's a physical player and um, might be a possession guy that can help the Lions. And Jonathan Taylor, of course, I, I like his toughness as a runner. I think he'll do a nice job in that Colts offense. Um, some news of the day inside uh, the conference and undrafted free agent signings. The Cowboys signed Michigan tight end Scott McKeon, uh, smooth route runner, didn't have a lot of drops on film. He could stick around on the practice squad, maybe, maybe third tight end. Giants signed Austin Mack, the Buckeyes wide receiver, consistent performer for them. Um, he's 6'2", 215, and he's playing behind a lot of guys. Doesn't have the dynamic speed as the other guys. But he's a mature route runner. He understands timing pretty well. We'll see what he can do. Uh, outside the league but in the region, the Raiders sign Southern Illinois corner Madre Harper, 6'2", 190, former Oklahoma State player. Um, takes his run responsibility seriously. Maintains outside leverage. Um, runs very, very well. Rutgers, linebacker, 
Ulaki Futaka. Um, uh, Michigan State defensive lineman Rakeen Williams signed with the Eagles. 6'4", 308. See if he can hang on as a rotational guy. And then Cincinnati's running back, Michael Warren, one of the really good group of five tailbacks. Um, the Eagles sign. They've got a crowded running back room, but um, that's a pretty good signing for them. Let's get into some um, news around the league of this past week. Nebraska junior quarterback Noah Vidro has entered the transfer portal, spent most of the last season serving as a backup to Adrian Martinez. Um, also, sophomore defensive back Ethan Cox has entered the transfer portal. Former walk-on, um, probably going to have to sit out a year. And then former Iowa redshirt sophomore running back Henry Guile has transferred to Independence Community College. He entered the transfer portal last winter. He's going to head to the JUCO ranks. And um, have had uh, he's a guy that they liked a little but that hasn't quite stood out among their running back room. Some recruiting news of this past week. Purdue received the verbal from three-star defensive end Corday Sindor. Played at Iona Preparatory School in New Rochelle, New York. He's one of the better players in the state of New York. Um, Arizona State, Connecticut, Boston College are the schools that were recruiting him. Iowa received a verbal from tackle David um, Dekadoff. Big get for them, four-star guy, 6'6", 295, second-best player in the state of Illinois, a top-20 tackle, really good, uh, you know, Iowa, Michigan, but Wisconsin, LSU, and Ohio State offered him. This is one of the, the really good gets in good recruiting angles for Iowa to be able to go and get a guy that's got some normal upside better than three-star type guys. Um, Michigan State received the verbal from three-star guard Kevin Wingerton, uh, 6'5", 290. Um, was always a Michigan State lean. He was considering Maryland Pitt, um, a top 25 player in the state of Jersey. Um, really good-looking guard. Um, and um, just some thoughts here as we kind of close out today on today's show. Um Guys coming back that, that kind of caught my eye that I want to just keep an eye out on, not necessarily the best players, but Wisconsin redshirt senior safety Eric Burrell has been a really good player for them, their defense the last couple of years. Six-foot, 195-pound defender. has been really um, successful as a deep safety in the box, even as a slot cover guy. He's got some versatility. So I got my eye on him and seeing how he develops. And, of course, we all know about Rondell Moore. Limited to just four games last year because of the left hamstring. Um, curious to see how he will, you know, develop and rebound. Um, and so we'll uh, we'll see. And then Penn State's linebacker Michael Parsons, former five-star guy. First two years he's been a big part of their defense. I think he's got a lot of ability and potential. So just some thoughts as we kind of look ahead. And reminder that each and every day of this week we're, we're uh, taking each conference as we always do and recap the week that was. We're recapping the draft each and every conference and having a big overview look. Uh, got any questions, send it to me over at contactchris at LandryFootball.com. And 
we're going to keep you up to date on uh, all things recruiting. We're going to get into recruiting boards, and we're going to get that up. We are also uh, going to be breaking down players for this upcoming season, getting ready for the season. We'll have a season at some point. We're going to get you ready for it, and uh, we'll let the powers that be make the decisions that are appropriate for when we get back. Uh, but um, certainly we that's what we are doing. Uh, reminder again, check out LandryFootball.com for all of that information. And uh, make sure that you subscribe now. We've got our scouting season offer. So take advantage of that discount right now, As uh, whether it's this time of year, preparing for the season, breaking down rosters, breaking down coaching angles, um, evaluating coaches, uh, recruiting boards, early draft boards. We got it all for you uh, this time of year. During the season, it's the game breakdowns. And obviously during um, the season after the season ends, it's recruiting and the finishing up and the signings. And it's free agency. It's the draft. We've got it all for you. Um, One-stop shopping football, LandryFootball.com. So check it out today. Uh, take advantage of the scouting season offer. And get in touch with our great folks, great friends at 401k Generation that are bringing you this podcast, give them a call, give them a text at one 998 5879 Get your financial checkup today. Make sure that you're on the right path to meeting your financial goals. License in all 50 states, one 998 5879 Flip on over to the Pro Football Show. We'll talk to you there, and we'll talk to you next week for, uh, excuse me, tomorrow on Big, Ten, uh, Big 12 Football and Beyond. And, um, We'll see you then. We'll talk to you next Wednesday for Big Ten football and beyond. But we'll hit the major college football points on tomorrow's show, Big 12 football and beyond. So catch you there and catch you over on the pro show. Appreciate you. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.